Hi, this is Ria Christina, and welcome to The Ideal Life, where I'll be providing you with the necessary tips, tools, and strategies on life, business, and success that will help you on your journey to creating a life of purpose and profits. I encourage you to take notes as we begin today's training on The Ideal Life. Hello, Ideal Lifer. Our series for this month on The Ideal Life will be looking or focused on the theme of money mindset. Today, we'll be looking into 12 common mistakes small businesses make and how you can avoid them. Make sure that you stay tuned until the end so that you can take advantage of the free offer that I have just for you, all right? Now, before we get started, I really wanted to start off today's topic by talking about poor money management and how it has been the cause of more business failures than any other single issue that you can probably think of. And it's no wonder, right? We aren't born knowing how to manage money, and most of us aren't even taught how to handle it either. We figure it out along the way through much trial and error. And even if we think about it, a lot of our parents or those persons who have been our support systems or even our grandparents, our caretakers, they haven't taught us much about money and how to manage it. These same mindset issues and bad habits, these are the things that actually wreak havoc in our businesses, in our personal finances, if we're not careful. And we have to really be mindful about it. Now, my goal for this training is really to help increase your chances of survival um, as you consider going into small business or if you're already in a small business by making you aware of some of the clearly identifiable mistakes that can easily be avoided. All right, so let's get started. The first common mistake that small businesses make and something that you can avoid is the lack of market research. Now, when I talk about the lack of market research, we want to consider that when a budding entrepreneur actually comes up with an idea for a new business or assumes that because he would buy such a product or service, then everyone else will, we can already see where that's a problem. You may think that you like a particular brand, you like a particular product, you like a particular service, and you automatically may have that assumption that somebody else is going to like the same thing and not even just like the same thing, but want to purchase it from you. This may actually be the case for some of the day-to-day -day necessities, but for some of the other items, this is usually not the case. All right. It's important that when you actually start to, uh, or start or can start to consider going into a small business, that you carefully research the market to check and make sure that there's a demand at the level of which you need to make a sustainable business. If there is no demand for what it is that you have, then how is it that your business is actually going to survive? People are in fact actually prepared to pay the price required for you to make a decent profit. That is all in, in the instance where you actually have something that they need, something that they desire, something that they're willing to pay for. All right. Now, here are some of the top tips that I actually want to give you when you want to consider or you start to consider going into or looking at market research. Some things that you want to consider is number one, start researching early. 
don't wait until you know you're about to 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 launch you've already you know gotten your storefront um, already gone through spending some money before you actually go ahead and start and do some research start your research early as soon as you have the idea as soon as you have the thought begin your process and and going through um, finding out the information that you need to find out to, so, so you can know how to manage yourself even when you're in the market. The second tip that I want to give to you is to don't waste money. Don't waste money um, having to um, overspend on things that you don't need to be spending on. Um, having to focus too much of your efforts and your energy on, you know, you're so hard and fast on what the, comp the competitors are actually doing. You're not necessarily taking time to, to figure out what it is that you need to do. What are some of the things that you may probably need to put in place? What are some of those things that you may need to improve upon so that your product can have the upper hand or your product can, can have um, a competitor's edge on, on your actual competitors? The third tip that I want to give to you is use existing research. See what it is that already exists that can actually help you and maybe even help to cut down some of the time that you are actually putting into going ahead to do the research. All right. See what existing research already um, is there for you. Check out uh, Google. Google is available <laughs> and is a really, really good resource. It's a free resource that you can actually use so that you can help yourself and better yourself in terms of having proper market research. A fourth tip that you can actually look at implementing is finding out what customers are saying. If you're not necessarily in business just yet, find out what your potential customers are saying. Um, know who your target market is, who would be your ideal customer. Take some time to uh, find out your client avatar. Um, what are the, what's the demographics? What are their ages, um, male or female? Where do they live? Where do they work? What are their salaries? What are their interests? What are their hobbies? These are the things that you need to, to, to really be able to identify. And once you're able to identify, clearly identify who your target market is, then you're, better in a, you're in a better position so that your messaging, your messaging for your product or service can speak directly to them. And the efforts that you would have to put in in order for you to obtain a new client, it won't be as difficult because guess what? You're speaking directly to the person that you have this product or this service for. And then, of course, the fifth tip that I want to give to you when you're considering market research is to use Google Trends. Now, Google Trends, of course, is yet again another tool or resource that you can actually go ahead and use to figure out what is actually trending. You get some insights, get some um, ideas from there so that you can learn or know of some ways that you can better improve your product or your service and understanding exactly what's happening in the market. All right. Um, one of the things that I also want to add uh, to this or to these five tips is that in, in light of you having to undergo market research, it may seem as though it's something that's time consuming and it's requiring a whole lot of effort. But even though it's requiring a lot of effort up front, it's going to pay off in the long run once you would have done it properly. Once you would have taken the time to do your necessary market research, it's going to pay off in the long run. All right. Now, another thing that I want to give you as a, a caution, market research also has limitations. All right. The limitations may very well be where people are not 
people may not necessarily say what it is that they truly believe in surveys. So if you are using the approach with the survey, you need to also be mindful that people are not necessarily going to give you the full truth in the surveys, even though there may be some that may, but also be mindful that there may be some that may not necessarily give you the full truth. So there, that, that is a limitation or considered to be a limitation with market research. Another limitation that I want you to consider is that a small sample of your potential customers might not necessarily be representative of the whole market. So you may have a small grouping of your potential customers and it may not even be a full representation of the whole market. So be mindful of that when you're taking in the sample sizes and looking at using that particular information or that particular data in order to form a greater opinion as it relates to your market research. Consider those limitations and be guided accordingly, okay? The second common mistake that small businesses make um, that, that you really can't avoid is that there's poor record keeping. Now, poor record keeping is a big, big, big matter. It's a con big consideration. And I want you to be mindful of it because there are, uh, when you think about it, small business owners, or even when you think about the, the entrepreneurs, they're not necessarily born administrators. They feel more comfortable getting out there and doing the business, making sure that the business works. You know something, I, this is my idea. I want to make sure that this comes off of the ground properly. I'm able to launch it. I want to be able to see my products on the shelves. I want to be able to see my services uh, impacting lives, um, that sort of stuff. But as you're considering that, there are many persons who are small business owners and the, the, the administrative side of the business is what ends up suffering by way of poor record keeping. Paperwork is too easy to ignore, but can never be put off indefinitely. Don't find yourself in that place where you've put off the paperwork indefinitely and it ends up being at the detriment of your business, okay? The sales, your sales, your purchases, your other expenditures, all of these things must be carefully documented so that you know whether or not you're making a profit. At the end of the day, you're in business to make money, right? <laughs> Truth be told, you're in business to make money. You're in business so that you can serve, serve your gifts, serve your talent, serve your product, whatever it is that you may have, but you're in business to go ahead and make money. And you need to be able to make sure that you are making profit. By way of you having your proper record keeping, you're able to see whether or not you're making a profit. In order to do this, your invoices have to be issued on time. And of course, as you issue the invoices, you must follow up on them. If you're gonna put out invoices out there and not follow up on them, then what's the point? You need to make sure that you're following up on the invoices to make sure that there's no delay in payments. And it is these, it's, it's, it's the poor record keeping, like I said before, this, that can hold your business back, can cause you to not be able to progress as quickly as you probably or you possibly can. You need to make sure that even when you consider what's going to happen at the end of the year, your paperwork has to be in order so that it can save you time and not just time, but it can also save your accountant a whole lot of effort and save you that bill on the, at the end of the day, right? 
because if the accountant has to put in a whole lot more time having to try to recreate something that you could have very well presented to them all throughout the course of the year by you making sure that you keep your proper records, keep your proper files. If you want to go ahead, you file monthly, um, whatever works for you. Make sure that you have your record keeping in an orderly fashion so that when it's time for you to pass it on to whoever's going to be doing the bookkeeping for you, it is in a it, it's easy for them to go ahead and reconcile all of the, the invoices, the expenses as needed. So here are three tips as it relates to the poor record keeping and what you probably can do to avoid it and be better at it. Keep your record keeping separate. Now, I did not mention that already, but you need to keep it separate. What do I mean by keeping it separate? Do not intermingle your personal and your business finances together. All right. Keep your personal, um, your personal finances separate from your business. That's the first tip. The second one is to save receipts as best as you possibly can save your receipts. And of course, we're in the digital age. You can uh, make sure that at the end of the day or even maybe at the end of the week that you're scanning that information in so that you can have an electronic copy, uh, have an electronic copy of your receipts so that in the event that the ink fades off of your receipt, you actually still have another copy that you can actually use and pass on. And then the third tip, I want to encourage you to find an accounting software that you can actually use that will help you to make your bookkeeping process even smoother. All right. There are many, many accounting softwares that's out there that's available that you can use. And I want to encourage you find the one that works best for you. All right. Go ahead and check out Google to find quick, um, affordable softwares that you can use for your business and make sure that you implement, you go ahead, download, whatever you need to do to make sure that you have your record keeping on point for this year. All right. And the many years to come. Okay. Now the third, the third common mistake that small businesses make and something that you can avoid is insufficient capital. Yes. Insufficient capital. When starting off, um, it's very easy for you to decide what capital is going to be required for the fixtures, for the fittings, the machinery, and the stock. But what many of the new business owners fail to give account for or fail to account for is the cash is actually needed in order to fund the day-to-day -day operations. That's the cash to pay the expenses um, before your customers pay you. Uh, this is actually called your working capital. You need to make sure that your working capital is accounted for when you're starting up your business. The expenses, yes, you need to make sure your expenses are covered, but you need to have your working capital at the end of the day. Many small businesses actually fail because they have insufficient cash to start off to meet these immediate expenses and they haven't set enough cash aside for the rainy day. Okay. They haven't set enough cash aside to help you uh, function for the first few months of your business. Make sure that your capital, your working capital is accounted for to cover you for at least the first few months of your business so that you can stay within operation and at least get yourself started and get things off of the ground. Okay. Now here are five potential problems that you can actually find yourself in if you do not have 
uh, sufficient capital. The first problem is you may end up having to cut corners. Cutting corners can be at your detriment when you're not considering um, or you, you find yourself that you're running short on cash, you start to cut corners. You may, and when you start to cut corners, it may very well be at the detriment of you now, um, causing the quality of your, of what it is that you're offering to now be deteriorating. And you don't want to go ahead and compromise your quality that you're actually producing because you're cutting corners. Okay. The second potential problem is that you may end up running your business into the ground. Insufficient capital can cause you to run your business into the ground if you're not careful. All right. So be really, really take careful note of it and be careful or be mindful of it as you're going into business. The third potential problem is that you can drift into debt. Now, what I'm saying drift into debt, of course, as cash becomes or your cash flow becomes very low, you may be very well tempted to say, you know something, I need to get a loan. I need to get um, some sort of facility in order for you to operate from. And oftentimes when you see, uh, you st probably just start with one or start with one small loan and then it ends up, of course, adding up. You may say, you know something, maybe I need to, to get another loan. And then the cycle begins. You do not want to put yourself in the position, even as a, as a beginning, as you're beginning in business with getting into debt. There are some opportunities that may come at you and not every opportunity may mean you may need to go into debt. It may be that, that you may need to consider um, private investors. Look at the options that you may actually have and consider them all carefully, okay? The fourth potential problem that you may run into is that you may not have enough money for the right talent. And what kind of position is that to be in as a small business owner starting up in business where you don't have sufficient money for the right talent? At the end of the day, for your business to operate functionally, in order for your business to, to be operating at its optimum um, or, or optimum capabilities, you want to make sure that you have the right talent. So having sufficient capital would position you so that you can pay for the talent that you need in order for your business to be successful. And then the fifth problem that you may very well run into because of insufficient capital is that you, you may end up driving away your top talent. How do you drive away your top talent? You may end up driving away your top talent by you not having sufficient capital on hand to pay the salaries. You want to make sure that you have sufficient, sufficient capital on hand to cover all of the bases that you need so that your business can be successful. Okay. Now the fourth, the fourth, the fourth common mistake that small businesses make and one that you can avoid is ineffective marketing or none at all. I cannot stress this enough. You cannot, you cannot afford to treat the cost of marketing as an unnecessary expense. A business that has no marketing is like waving in the dark. You know you're doing it, but no one else does. No, you cannot afford to not do any marketing at, at all or be ineffective at your marketing. Okay. There are many ways that you can, you can advertise or you can promote your business on a very small budget. It's really just a case of you being inventive, being creative 
and not assuming that people will quickly know that you are in business. Why must you not assume that? Because they won't unless you tell them. Okay? You have to tell people. You have to let people know that you are in business. What is it that you're offering? How they how, how can they connect with you? How can they find you? How can they purchase what it is that you have to offer from you? They need to know this information and this information will come by way of marketing. Okay? So here are top here are some uh, five top tips that you can actually um, that can help you out in this. The first tip is to learn from your competitors. There are persons out there in the market already that's you know possibly uh, offering something that's similar and even though it may not be exactly what it is that you may have, but you can find someone that's close enough uh, in the market that you're in and you can take an opportunity to learn from them, learn some of the tricks of the trades or learn from some of the things that they're actually doing. What are they doing that may be working? What are they doing that may not be working? Who's their target market? Uh, after you would have considered that, figure out whether or not that is the same for you and whether there may be some things that you may need to tweak in order for you to hit the goal mark when it comes to you getting the message right in the front of the people that you needed to be in the front of. The second tip that I want to give you is for you to get testimonials. Testimonials, testimonials, testimonials. Testimonials are vitally important because it gives from a client's perspective or a customer's perspective what their experience has been with your product or your service. And who better to sell your product or service than someone who's experienced it themselves? Get the testimonials. There are ways that you can get the testimonials. Ask the question, first of all. Ask your, your clients whether or not they wouldn't mind giving you feedback um, on what their experience has been. And the testimonials can serve multiple purposes. Apart from it being able to help you with your marketing, it can also help you with knowing what are some of the things that you may actually need to do in order to improve what it is that you have to offer. All right, so get your testimonials. The third tip that I want to give you as it relates to ineffective marketing or not, or not at all, some of something that you can do is to update your social media. Do not take for granted that um, social media, of course, has taken its toll. It is a, it's, it's a way of marketing for a whole lot of small businesses. Update your social media so that your potential clients can even find you on there. Okay. The fourth point that I want to give you is to get out of the store. If you have a brick and mortar, you want to not necessarily have to stay within your four walls, but what, what are you going to do in order to get the word out about your business? You may need to go around um, the neighborhood where your business actually exists. Visit some of the existing places around your neighborhood so that you can get the word out. What are you doing as it relates to signage? What are you doing as it relates to um, um, probably having promotions as it relates to your, your business, your business, your grand opening, what are you doing to get the word out? And don't forget word of mouth still is a very good tool. It is a free tool that you can actually use to help to get the word out about your business and not just get the word out about your business, but help you with getting uh, potentially new clients. And the fifth tip that I want to give you is to become an expert. How do you become an expert? You become an expert by you focusing. 
focusing on what is going to cause you or what what gives you uh, and your business the unique edge. What is it that's going to cause you to stand out from everyone else in the market, in the neighborhood? What is it that you're going to do? All right. You need to become an expert with what it is that you're doing, what it is that you're offering so that you can set yourself apart from everyone else in your market. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue on talking about our, well, talking about our topic for today, which is 12 common mistakes small businesses make and how you can avoid them. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. You're listening into The Ideal Life with Rhea Christina. And today we're talking about 12 common mistakes small businesses make and how you can avoid them. Now, so far already, I've already talked about four of the common mistakes that small businesses make, and I'm going to go ahead and continue on for today. Our fifth common mistake that small businesses make and one that you can avoid is ignoring changes in the marketplace. All right. As a small business owner, it's very easy for you to actually get immersed in your business and not see what's happening around you in the marketplace. I want to encourage you to always keep your mind or always keep your eyes and your ears open to what the competition is doing and what your customers want. Your customers are going to tell you what they want, but you need to make sure that you're listening so that you can hear what it is that they want. Don't be that person that gets left behind. Don't be that business that gets left behind because you're not taking the time to pay attention to what it is that your customers are saying that they actually want from you. So here are three tips that can help you with that. Number one, you may need to react. Now, when I say you may need to react, it may very well be that your competitors are doing something and based on what it is that they may be doing, based on, on what it is that may have happened with them, you may need to quickly react to what it is that they've done so that you can now put yourself in the driver's seat of your product or your service. All right. The second tip that I want to give you is to learn from their mistakes. Use the opportunity to uh, consider their mistakes, what may have gone wrong, what didn't work. Uh, and how it is that you can actually improve on it to make your product or service better. Do not, do not, do not negate the fact that you're getting golden nuggets in some of the mistakes that may have been considered or may have actually uh, happened on behalf of your competitors. And then the third tip that I want you to consider is that your competitors are on the inside. With your competitors being on the inside, that means that they are able to, by way of you uh, observing what it is that they're doing, you're actually able to see some of the things from an insider's perspective. They're giving you a bird's eye view as to what's happening on the inside. And as you take some time to consider what's happening with them, you're being able to get, you're actually able to get an insider's view as to what is happening with them so that you can help your business. All right. So take note of all of the things that's happening uh, around you and be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful with the copycat syndrome, uh, having to copy everything that you see your competitors doing. It may not necessarily be for you. Remember, I said earlier it, that you really need to consider who your target market is, 
who is your ideal customer, cl uh, clearly identify your client avatar so that you can be in a better position to know exactly who it is that you're going after and the message that you need to send out to them, okay? The sixth common mistake that small businesses make and one that you can avoid is ding, 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 uh, owner's attitude. That's the sixth one, owner's attitude. Attitude, as we've heard it many times before, attitude is everything in business. Don't forget that the real boss in your business is actually the customer. With you having to run your business, it may actually it may make you feel important, but don't let this develop into an attitude where you start to think that I am better than you. Don't get in that habit of thinking like that because it's going to, to show forth. It's going to come out in the way you carry yourself, in the way you handle your customers, and even having to deal with clients' issues, okay? If you do this, you will quickly chase your customers away. So be aware, be very mindful of it. And I want to give you a few tips that can actually help you with this. Um, the first one, and, and this one comes by, by with having to consider if you find, if you're finding that your attitude is coming out to be very harsh and, and very direct towards your clients, towards your customers, you may need to take a vacation. It's okay to take a vacation. If you need to take a break, if you need to get some rest, take a vacation because if you don't, then you may end up causing yourself to lose valuable customers, okay? Take a vacation, that's the first one. The second one is use technology. So if you are not necessarily uh, needed in your business every single day or having to have your hand involved in the operation of your business every single day, then maximize on technology. What are some of those things that you can do by way of technology? Can you send an email? Do you need to send a text? What type of message do you need to send in order for you to pass on instructions to someone else um, in order for you to get some assignments done? Utilize technology. Technology is there to help you. The third thing that I want to help, I want to suggest to you is to hire help. If you are in a position in your small business and you're finding that your attitude is being deteriorated because you're being overworked, then maybe it's time for you to consider hiring help if you're being overburdened with the level of work that you're, you're having to actually take on. Okay. Then the fourth one that I want you to consider is your health is your wealth. Take time to take care of you. If you're not in a good position, if you're not taking care of your health, then how is it that you're going to properly handle your business? You may not be able to function if you don't take proper care of your health. So I want to encourage you to take care of your health. Your health is your wealth. And the fifth thing that I want to go ahead and um, suggest to you as a tip is to maximize your support system. Who is it that you have around you? Who do you have around you? Do you have friends? Do you have family? Uh, do you have colleagues that you actually may have around you that, that you're finding to be a great support system? It may just be that you need someone who, the, who you can find that will be that listening ear, who would be able to give you advice, that will be able to give you sound counsel, that will be able to encourage you when you feel as though you're tired and you're weary and you're wanting to give up. Find that support system that's going to be able to help you along the way, no matter what. All right. That's going to be vitally important because 
as as much as we don't want to actually admit it in business you will have some good days and you will have some bad days what happens in those moments when you're having a bad day or when you're having when things are not going as you probably may have planned for them to go what happens in those instances you need to make sure that you have the support system there that can help you out okay the seventh common mistake that small businesses make and one that you can avoid is spending on the wrong things now being in business it even though it can be exciting especially as the cash starts to roll in you don't want to be tempted with spending spending your money on careless, callous things, okay? You don't want to go ahead and once you get this lump sum of money or you see the cash rolling in, you start to dip into the cash register and spend money on things that's not, uh, that's not relevant to the business. You don't want to find yourself to say, you know something, you're going to buy yourself a new car, you're going to go ahead and buy yourself a new house just as you start out in business because if you continue to operate your business in that manner, you will be out of business in a short order. In short order of time, or a short amount of time, you will be out of business, all right? Take the opportunity as business or as cash is coming into, the, into your business, take the opportunity to invest that cash or reinvest that cash back into the future growth of your business so that you can, you can be committed to the growth to its growth and to its expansion, all right? Uh, here are some, some, some quick tips that can actually help you with that is, the first one is, number one, you may actually be trying to do too much. This is how you spend money on the wrong things. You're trying to do too much. Take some time to really focus in on what it is that you ought to be doing. Don't try to do too much. It's like, it's the jack of all trades, becoming master of none. You need to master what it is that you're doing, master what it is that you're offering, master what it is, master who your target market market is, become an expert, master your art, master your craft. And as you master it, you will not be spending your money on wrong things. The second one is doing away with big one-time ad campaigns. When you think about um, the whole marketing component, be careful and be wary of having to invest so much money and spending money in big advertising campaigns. Because when you think about the way Facebook and the analytics and, and even um, how the algorithms, the algorithm in Facebook, if you're in Facebook, is changing up quickly, um, you have to be mindful of it in that where it is that you're gonna be spending your advertising dollars and making sure that it is able to reach as many persons that you would have them to reach, okay? And the third one that I wanna to give to you, the third point that I wanna talk about is using social media to build a following. Now, that ties into the second point in that as you uh, may consider having to spend money on building a social media following, uh, it's it's advisable to for you to consider you building an email list. An email list is something that you would own as you are considering having to build these social media platforms. It's not necessarily something that you own, and I I they're they're uh, based on how things have been going lately. Of course, you can see that with all of the changes that's been coming on stream, it will become more and more difficult are more and more costly 
for you to actually advertise on social media and get in the front of your ideal client. So I want to suggest to you that you, uh, instead of you having to focus wholeheartedly on building your following on social media, I want to encourage you to build your email list. All right. That's where the money is. You own your list and you're not going to have that many issues there. The eighth common mistake that small businesses make and one that you can avoid is being dependent on a small number of customers. Don't fall into the trap of setting up a business just because one person says that they're going to buy from you. That is a big, big no-no. All right. Setting up and running a business, which is depending dependent upon one customer is not a recipe for success. What happens if one month after you spent all your cash to go ahead and set up this business and the customer is actually saying, you know something, I changed my mind and I'm not interested anymore. I'm now going to buy from somewhere else. Unless you find other customers very quickly, you're going to be faced with having a closure very quickly. So be mindful of that, that you're not necessarily going into business dependent on one customer or a small number of customers because it can put you in problems. So I want to encourage you before you actually embark on the new venture, make sure that you have sufficient number of customers that if a few go elsewhere, that you can continue, you can continue your operation. You can continue doing business because you have clients that's going to be coming into you consistently and being able to um, manage your business properly from there. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and take uh, another quick break. And when we come back, we will wrap up the 12 common mistakes small businesses make and how you can avoid them. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. You're listening into The Ideal Life with Rhea Christina. And today I'm talking about 12 common mistakes small businesses make and how you can avoid them. So just to go ahead and continue on, the, we're talking about, we're now on with number nine. And number nine, the ninth common mistake is growing too quickly. Now, surprisingly, growing too quickly can be a problem. You actually have to be disciplined enough to only take on the work that you can handle. If you're going to be tempted to, uh, to accept too much work, you could end up disappointing not only the new client, but also your existing ones. Do not allow yourself to have or be in a position where the demand is too great that you cannot supply. You need to be in a position that as the demand increases, if you're able to meet, I mean, you know, you, if you're able to meet the supply or supply the demand, then great. But if you're not able to meet the, the expanded demand, then you need to be able to manage, manage what it is, um, that your clients are actually expecting from you. Um, so that there's not, they don't end up falling in the category where they're disappointed and then they end up becoming disgruntled, disgruntled customers. All right. Also, don't underestimate the impact rapid growth can have on your in or your have on your administrative burden. All right. This is where 
your paperwork may end up falling behind because the demand is so great and the focus and the attention is so um, hard and fast on having to uh, produce, 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 but at, on the back end, in terms of the operation, in terms of the administrative th- side of things, you're not doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing from there. So you need to be guided with that as we consider you growing too quickly. The 10th common mistake that small businesses make and one that you can avoid is trying to do everything. <laughs> Finally, the most problem or the problem that most small business owners have is the fact that everything falls on their plate. And everybody, this is how it's likely to be in the beginning when the limited budget means that staff are a luxury. And as the business grows, I need you to be aware that you cannot continue to do the all, all tasks. You cannot continue to do all of the tasks. If you have a business that you're producing a product, I mean, if you're producing the product, you're the delivery person, you're the administrative person, you're the accountant, you're the, you know, you just handling it all. You cannot do it all on your own. So understand that there will come a time that you will need to understand that you will have to release some of those responsibilities. You'll have to release some of those duties onto someone else that can assist you. You know, that one of those things for me personally, I, I was a DIY and I talk about it all the time that I did a whole lot of things myself. And as growth and expansion is happening or, and continues to happen with me, I've been having to seek out team members to assist me with the level of work and the, 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 the level of demand that's coming at me. I need to make sure that there are persons that that's there on my team that's able to help me to handle the load, okay? Um, There's going to come the point where you become inefficient and you don't have sufficient time to complete everything in sufficient detail. You don't want to run that risk, okay? Taking on an extra pair of hands will increase your cost, but you'll be surprised to know how much time will be saved, allowing you to do what you do best, getting the business in. Whatever it is that you do, Keep the part of the business that only you can do. That's the part that you keep. Anything else that, that, that can be outsourced or can, can be done by someone else, then you find someone else that can actually do that once your business in a, is in a position to take that on or to handle that. Take a look at each of the mistakes and make sure that you don't fall into these traps. You don't want to fall in any traps as a small business owner. And that's why we're going through this, this um, topic today, which will be the 12 common mistakes that small businesses make so that you can actually avoid them. All right. We want you to avoid some of these mistakes. The 11th common mistake that small businesses make and how one of them that you can avoid is the catching shiny object syndrome. Now, let's talk about that, right? Some of the things are just hard to resist. Yes, I admit and I agree, especially when your friends and your colleagues are all jumping on board. We're talking about the new tools. We're talking about training, group coaching programs, business models. All of these have a strong pull. And if you're not careful, these shiny objects can quickly distract you from your current goals. Be very careful of the... the, um, catching shiny object syndrome and that you're going after the next thing, the next thing that's shiny, the next thing that's catching your attention 
and causing you to shift your focus off of what it is that you really need to be focusing on. Take your time out and, and try this two-step. This is two, these are two steps that I want you to try out instead. If you feel as though you're finding yourself in that catching the shiny object syndrome. So the first one is for the too good to refuse offer, make a plan for achieving a positive return on investment before you purchase. If you cannot find a realistic way to make the purchase pay for itself, then don't buy it. If you cannot find a way to make that purchase pay for itself, then don't buy it, okay? Don't put yourself in that position where you're going after everything that's new, that's glittering and that's glamoring, and it's not something that you ought to be focusing on at this time. The second, uh, the second step in this plan is for the exciting, the new business ideas, create a someday list. Have a someday list to know that, you know, something someday I'm going to do this. Someday I'm going to do that. Take some time to jot down your idea and have a basic outline. Then as you, and as time goes on, then you'll have an opportunity to get back to the task at hand. Now, that great idea won't be lost. All right. It won't be lost, but it also won't join the ranks of half finished business plans that litter the internet. You don't want to continue on in the cycle of creating a half-finished business plan. Oh, I get this good idea. And then I have a, oh, I need to do a business plan. And it's a halfway business plan that you do not get to execute. And then the discouragement comes in because you're going to say that it did not work. All right. Be wary of the, the catching the shiny object syndrome. All right. And now the final, the final, the final, the 12th common mistake that small businesses make and one that you can avoid is the falling for the sunk cost fallacy. Now, if you've actually said to yourself, I'm not using this subscription, but I can't give it up. I'm still paying the launch price and now it's more expensive. Then you've fallen for the sunk, um, you've fallen for the sunk cost fallacy. That is when you would have gone to, you know, you would have subscribed to the, the gym, the gym membership, you may have subscribed to some magazine, um, magazine uh, uh, subscription. Um, there are many things that, that the subscription services are actually provided for. And you, even though you may not necessarily even be using the service, you're still saying, you know something, you want to hold on to it just in case. Let it go. Let it go. This common mistake is famous among a whole lot of economists and we fall victim to it from, the t from time to time, right? Simply put, the sunk cost fallacy is actually what makes us justify investing more money or time in something even though we're not seeing the results. So you're not seeing the, the results in or the results from that, 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 that gym membership. You're not seeing the results from that cable television um, um, subscription. You're not seeing any results from that, but just by virtue of the fact that you have it and you are thinking, you know, one day I'm going to get to it. You're still going to go ahead and hold on to it. And you're thinking, well, you know something, you've already spent so much, so you might as well keep it longer anyway. This is what encourages us to repair the car one more time. After all, you just put new tires on it, right? So if the car isn't working, you say, well, one more time. One more time because you've invested so much money in it. We eat meals we don't enjoy simply because we've paid for it. And yes, we continue to pay for the tools and resources that we're not using. How many things are we actually paying for that we're not using? 
I want to encourage you to take an inventory of your subscriptions. Take your inventory of those monthly payments that's coming out every single month that you may not even be receiving value from because you are not even, uh, as a matter of fact, you probably don't even remember that the, the subscription is actually there and tied to your credit cards. Okay. Take a few minutes, examine your current business expenses. What is it that you're paying for month after month that you're not using? Either make a plan to put them to work for you or cancel them. Stop falling for the sunk costs fallacy. All right. It, this is time. Stop falling for it. Stop falling for the, the, the sunk cost fallacy and cancel what needs to be canceled so that you can now better position not just yourself, but of course, better position your business. Okay. So there you have it, your 12 points. So today on the ideal life, we've covered 12 common mistakes small businesses make and how you can avoid them. Just to run over those 12 points, just again, um, the first point that we would have covered off was lack of market research. The second point, poor record keeping. Third, insufficient capital. Fourth, ineffective marketing or none at all. Fifth, ignoring changes in the marketplace. Six, owner's attitude. Seven, spending on the wrong things. Eight, dependent on a small number of customers. Ninth, growing too quickly. Tenth, trying to do everything. Eleventh, catching shiny object syndrome. And twelfth, falling for the sound cost fallacy. Now, if you are ready to discover how your money belief system is holding you back, how you can create the income that you desire, the five common money mistakes, so that you can be so that you can break free and build the business you deserve. Here you have it. This is now your free offer that I told you about from the beginning of the program. We have a free offer for you. This free offer is that for you to join me on a free webinar on the topic, how to break through with five money mindset steps and increase your income. And we'll dig into the money mindset issues that are holding you and your business back. In order for you to register, go to Ria Christina forward slash money mindset. Okay. That's Ria Christina forward slash money mindset. Also, Please be sure to let me know if you enjoyed this training and if there are more questions that you may have relating to this topic. I'm Ria Christina of The Ideal Life. and Thank you for joining me and I'll see you next week as we dig into how you can boost your self-confidence and earn what you're worth. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Ideal Life. Remember, to join us again next week and make sure to subscribe to our mailing list by going to ideallifer.com so that you'll never miss an episode. Until next time, go and live your ideal life.